Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. This year will be on Parshas Mishpatim. After a one Pusik introduction to the topic of Mishpatim, to uh, what is sometimes referred to as the civil laws of the Torah, although that's not totally accurate. But anyway, after a one Pusik introduction, the first uh, specific topic that is addressed is the topic of Eved Ivri, of the Jewish servant. Uh, we're going to focus on a certain very uh, specific aspect of this mitzvah, but let's begin by reading a few psukim. Kisikna Evid Ivri, when you will acquire an Evid Ivri, a Hebrew servant, Sheishonim Yavod, six years he shall work. He is obligated to work for six years. Uvashvias Yetse Lachoshi Chinom. In the seventh year, he will go, go free. He will go to freedom. Chinom for free, meaning he does not have to pay for his freedom. Rashi notes here that ki sikne means we are talking here about a Jew who has stolen and he is unable to pay back for what he stole. And therefore the Beisdin, the Jewish court sells him as, uh, as a way of uh, making restitution. As it says uh, in a later Pasuk, if a person steals an Aimoy, he doesn't have with what to pay back, he will be sold because of his stealing. Let's continue. If he comes alone, meaning if he comes to his master as an unmarried man, so he will go out without being married, which Rashi understands that this implies that if he comes already married to a Jewish woman, the master can give him an additional wife, meaning Rabbi Moiselei Shifcha Knanis. This is a very, uh, a big chiddish, but this is what the, what the Chachamim say, that the master may give to him a non-Jewish slave uh, from which uh, will, from this uh, union, it's not exactly a marriage, but from this union between the Ebed Ivri and the Shifcha Knanis, um, the children will be born, and those children will will belong to the master. Okay, in Bali Shahu, if he is a Bali Shah, if he is a the husband of a of a woman, so Yatsa Ishto Imo, so then his wife will leave together with him. Of course, that's hard to understand. His wife was not sold into servitude, but Rashi tells us, according it comes from the Gemara, that it means that as long as he is in servitude, as long as he is serving his master, the master must also provide for his wife when he leaves the servitude, and so then the master is freed from that obligation. If his master will give him a wife, meaning the master will give him a shifcha knanis, as we discussed before, the and this shifcha knanis will bear for him boys or sons or daughters, this woman and her children will be, will belong to her master. 
all the children belong to the master, not to this uh, Jewish man who fathered them. And he will leave on his own without this additional wife. If the Evid will say at the end of his term of service, I loved my master, and I love my wife, meaning the Shifcharash, he says, I love this slave girl that I live with now. And I love my children. I will not go free. I want to serve more than the six years. So the master will bring the, the Ebed to Elohim means Din. He will bring him to the Jewish court. And he will bring him to the door or to the mezuzah. Rashi explains that it means really he brings him to the door, which has a mezuzah, which has a doorpost. And the master will pierce his ear with an with an awl, with a AWL, a piercing tool. And then this this Jew will serve this master literally forever. But Rashi says it means he serves until the next Yovel year. Every fiftieth year is a, a special year called called Yovel. He will serve as many years as are left until Yovel. So I'd like to focus on this one point here, that if this Evid Ivri decides he would like to stay with the master, so he may do so, but he, is, uh, he has to undergo this, uh, this procedure, which I don't imagine is very pleasant. The master pierces his ear, he, he pierces an awl through his ear onto the door, and then he is now a, a servant, quote-unquote, forever, for a long time, anyway. Let's see Rashi, at least part of the Rashi here. So Rashi says, this means the right ear. Which ear? The right ear. And Rashi says, or perhaps it only means the left ear. So Talmud Leimar, the Pasuk says, Ozen, Ozen, the Xereshava. It says here the word Ozen, and it says in another Parsha, we'll see in a moment in which Parsha, it says in another Parsha the word Ozen, and we make Xereshava. Xereshava means that Moshe Rabbeinu received from HaKadosh Baruch Hu the, the, the information, the quote-unquote the secret, that these two words are linked. That what it means in one place is, was, is what it means in the other place. And this is something that one cannot make up on one's own. You cannot make up your own Xereshavas. Really, just because a word has one sense in one place doesn't necessarily mean it has all of the same senses in another place. But this is something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu built into the Torah, sort of a code that HaKadosh Baruch Hu built in. And he gave it to Moshe Rabbeinu, who gave it to Yeshua, and so on. So, Ozen, Ozen, Xereshava. It says regarding the Mitzorah, the person afflicted with Saras, it says that part of his purification process is that a korban osham, a certain kind of korban is slaughtered on his behalf, and the koyan takes the blood and he puts it on 
on the tznuch, we'll talk more about what this word tznuch means, but on a certain part of the ear, hayimonis, it says clearly in the Pusik, the right ear. So just as, just like, regarding the Mitzurah, when it says the word ozno, it is referring to the right ear, as it says so specifically in the Torah, so too, when this Pusik talking about ritzia, talking about piercing the ear of the Evidivri, when it says ozno, it means Hayamanis. It means the right ear. Okay? So uh, we derive this halacha. Now Rashi continues. What will translate? What did the Torah see? What did the giver of the Torah see? That the ozen, that the ear, out of all the different organs of the body, should be the one that is pierced. Why did why did the Torah choose? that this person's ear should be pierced, maybe his finger, maybe his toe, maybe his, I don't know what, maybe some other part of the body. Once upon a time, I would have said, what other part of the body could you pierce? Nowadays, people pierce all different parts of the body. So I understand Rashi's question better. So what? why did the Torah see fit that it should specifically be the ear that is pierced rather than some other part of the body? Amar Rabbi so Rashi quotes Rabbi Yerchanan ben Zakkai, Ozen Shashoma Besinai, that ear that heard at Sinai, this man's ear, that he stood at Har Sinai and he heard Lo Signaiv, and he heard a Kodesh Baruch Hu say, Lo Signaiv, do not steal. And he went and he stole, Teratzah, that ear should be pierced. Now, that's good, according to what we said that the reason this person was sold is because he stole. But the truth is there's another kind of evidivri. There's a kind of an evidivri who did not, ne never stole anything. The reason he was sold is because simply he was so destitute that he found it necessary to sell himself into servitude. And the halacha is that he also, if he desires to stay beyond the regular six years, he also has to undergo this ritzia, this piercing. So Rashi says, if this is a person who was who sold himself but never stole anything, so we express it a little bit differently. That ear that heard, to me, the Bnei Yisrael are servants. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Bnei Yisrael, they are my servants. And this person went and he acquired a master for himself. He took a human being to be his master. This person should, should have to suffer. This person, uh, that ear has to suffer. Not the person, not only the person, but that ear itself has to be the part of the body that suffers. Beautiful uh, Midrashic content that Rashi is quoting here. Very important Musser, even on the simplest level, I'm sure it could be discussed on more and more profound levels, but even on the simplest level, uh, very beautiful thoughts here, worthwhile to simply digest them. In addition, in addition to digesting them, there are some questions that need to be addressed on a more technical level. The general principle, which I have mentioned many times, is that Rashi, in his commentary on the Torah, does not generally concern himself with what's called Tameha Mitzvahs, the reasons for the Mitzvahs. And the reason for that is, I think, quite simple, because Rashi 
tells us in many places that his goal in writing his commentary on the Torah is to explain the Pshutei Shomikra, to explain to us the simple meaning, simple and direct meaning of the words of the Torah. Since the Torah in most places does not give reasons for the mitzvahs, therefore, Rashi didn't give reasons for the mitzvahs. What the Torah says, Rashi, helps us to understand. What the Torah doesn't say, Dahaina, which is reasons for the mitzvahs, Rashi also doesn't usually explain. I would estimate in approximately, by approximately 90% of all the mitzvahs in the Torah, Rashi says no reason. There are, of course, the other 10%. And I would say that there are primarily uh, three types of exceptions to Rashi's rule. One reason is that if Rashi had a question on the Pasuk, if he had a difficulty in understanding a Pasuk, and by invoking the reason for the mitzvah that he found in, in the Gemara, in the Midrash, or that he found in his own mind, by invoking that reason, he is able to answer the question, so he will do so. That's one type of exception. There's another type of exception where Rashi uh, will address the reason for a mitzvah because he has a question on himself, meaning he begins the Pasuk by explaining, by making a certain point, but then he is he needs to strengthen that point, or he has a question on that point, which has to be resolved. In order to resolve it, he invokes the Tam HaMitzvah. He will invoke the reason for the mitzvah. A third uh, type of exception is, there are places where the Torah itself does give the reason, or at least uh, implies the reason for a mitzvah. In those places, if Rashi felt there was something that needed clarification, he will certainly clarify, and in which case he is going to um, he's going to tell us explicitly what the reason for the mitzvah is. The what this all adds up to is to is that we have to understand why does Rashi even ask this question? Why was the ear chosen from all of the organs of the body to be pierced? What what's the question? That's not a typical Rashi question. I think we can find a, a very good answer to this question and a very interesting answer uh, based on the words of the Maskele David. The Maskele David, the famous super commentary on Rashi, he asks a question over here. He asks a question on Rashi's question, not exactly my question, but he asks a question. He says, let's, let's understand, let's, let's review this little Parsha, this Parsha of Ebed Ivri. Uh, the man stole something. And of course, it's, it's not nice to steal. That's an Avera to steal. And uh, then he was, so he was sold into servitude for six years. If he, de if he decides uh, to stay uh, longer, if he wants to stay longer, so he has to undergo this Ritzia, this piercing of the ear, and he has to, then he, may, then he stays until Yoibo. Rashi seemingly should have jumped on that point immediately. He should have said, why the ear? What, 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 what sense does it make to pierce the man's ear exactly? Instead, Rashi holds off on his question. First, he gets involved in a quote-unquote dry matter of halacha. He, um, he uh, clarifies 
that the ear that has to be pierced is the right ear rather than the left ear, and it's learned out. Ozen, Ozen, Lixera Shava. And then he comes back and he says, and why the ear? So why did Rashi wait with this question? Why didn't he ask it immediately when the Torah said the words, Verotza Adonov, as Verotza Adonov, as Ozno? The Mosque of the David answers as follows. Before we knew that it was specifically the right ear and that that was derived from the Pasuk by Mitzurah, until we know that halacha, so we might have said that the reason the Torah chose the ear is because there is a Pasuk in the Torah, a very important Pasuk. The Pasuk says, You should love your fellow as yourself. Now that Pasuk obviously has many important ramifications, but one ramification is that the Gemara says that we must always be kind to our fellows. Even a person who is of Mises Bastin, even a person who is about to receive capital punishment from a Bastin, but the halacha is Brorloi Misa Yafa. We must choose for him a nice death. The way we administer the death penalty has to be with a certain humaneness about it. Uh, the Gemara in Sanhedrin uh, talks about uh, different possibilities how the death penalty could be administered. And one of the guiding principles is, you should, if you have two choices of how to do it within the laws of the Torah, you have to do it in the gentler, nicer way. So says the Maskel the David, that would have been a very simple and self-evident reason why to choose the ear from amongst all the organs. Because the ear, particularly the ear lobe, is nice and soft, and it's thin, and it really doesn't hurt that much to pierce it. You see uh, people undergo ear piercings voluntarily, uh, just for ornamentation. So if we have to pierce this fellow, okay, so it makes sense that it would be in the ear. However, Rashi began by telling us that it had to be Osnai Hayamonis. It's not just any ear. It has to be the right ear. And where do we learn out? From where do we derive this halacha? that it has to be the right ear, ozen, ozen, mimitzayra. We learn it out by comparing it to the Pasuk by Mitzayra. Let's take a look at the Pasuk by Mitzayra. By the Mitzayra, it says, as part of the uh, purification process of the Mitzayra, the Koyen will take from the blood of the Korban Asham that was slaughtered for this Mitzayra, v'nasan ha-koyen al-tznuch ozen ha-mitzahir, Hayamonis, and he will place it on the tznuch of the Mitzorah's uh, right ear. What is the tznuch? So a lot of people think, people generally assume that it means, the tznuch means the ear lobe, this floppy thing over here. However, Rashi says, tznuch geder ha'emsoi. This is the middle fence, the middle piece of the ear. Sheba'ezim. It's not the tznuch, it's not the lobe, it's not the ear lobe. It's a part of the ear that is called, Rashi quotes other, other uh, commentators, he says it's called tendrus. That's not the softest part of the ear. Now the Mosque of the David uh, tells us a principle, it's really a principle from the Gemara, that when you derive a halacha, 
from one parsha to another by means of Exerah Shava, it's complete. You don't, you're not just taking one little detail. You're taking all of the details together. So if we are deriving that Oznoi, the word his ear, that it says here by the Evid Ivri, refers to his right ear because that, that is derived from the Mitzorah. So we have to, we're really deriving two things. First of all, we're deriving that it's Oizen Hayyamonis. And secondly, we are deriving that it's not the ear lobe, which is nice and soft and thin, but it's right through the middle of the ear. That, that, that pinches, that hurts. So now Rashi had a question. Now Rashi had a question. Why did the Torah see fit to pierce, that his ear should be pierced rather than any other aver? If the general principle is, you should, even when you're punishing someone, but you should do it gently, well, the middle of the ear is not, does not seem to be the most gentle place where to, to pierce somebody. That was Rashi's question, upon which Rabbi Yerchanim and Zakai answers that, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not the easiest place to be pierced, but his ear needs to be pierced because his ear is culpable in the sin or in the misbehavior that he has, that he has perpetrated. His ear heard on Har Sinai, signal that he went and, and, and he went and he stole. The ear, that ear has to be pierced. Or the ear heard that Hashem said, Kili B'nai Yisrael Avadim, that B'nai Yisrael are servants to me, and he went and acquired for, for himself a, a, a flesh and blood master. So it's the ear that needs to suffer. You can't say, well, why don't you be nice and pierce some other part of the body? No, the ear is the part that needs to be, that needs to be, uh, that needs to be pierced. Now, based on this Maskele David, we can answer our question very simply. Our question was, why is Rashi getting involved with Tane HaMitzvahs? Why is Rashi at all concerning himself with, with the reason for this mitzvah, that he doesn't usually do that? The answer is, he really was not interested in the reason for the mitzvah. It's just that he brought it in in order to answer a question that he had. He had a question that if Oznai means Hayamonis, because it is derived from Mitzayra, and therefore it means that middle part of the ear, which is more painful than other parts of the ear. So then we have to understand. Then Rashi says, well, wait a minute. Why would the Torah choose the ear if it's going to hurt him more? So Rashi invoked the reason for the mitzvah, which he found from Rabbi Yerchanan ben Zakkai. It's in the Gemara. And he used Rabbi Yerchanan ben Zakkai's Tam HaMitzvah to answer his question. But the investigation of Tam HaMitzvah is still something that Rashi is not normally interested in, in his commentary on the Torah. Uh, there is another uh, question on this Rashi, uh, which I'd like to address. It really does not relate so much to what we were just talking about, but it, it brings out uh, certain very important principles about understanding Rashi ala Torah. Uh, perhaps uh, one of the most basic principles for understanding Rashi's commentary on the Torah is that our first source that we should turn to when we have a question is Rashi himself. 
either Rashi Alatar in the place. Maybe we just didn't read all the words so carefully. Maybe the answer to our question is, is literally right in front of our eyes. And if not, then we should look for Rashi in other places. Uh, we should not immediately uh, run. I, I once, uh, many years ago, I, I was in a Svarim shop and I picked up a Sefer. It was some, uh, uh, it was a commentary, some Chidushim al And I looked through a few pieces and I noticed they're all going approximately in the same, the same style. The author would quote a Pasuk. He would quote the Rashi. He would say there's a certain question on Rashi, a good question. And then he would say, okay, look in the Rambam in such and such a place. And Rabbi uh, Chaim or the Osameach asks Akasha on the Rambam. And if you look in the Toysfist and you look at the other Rambam and you, you go like this and like this, the answer to the Rambam is as follows. And therefore you take that answer from the Rambam and then you plug it back into the Rashi and now you'll... That can be MS, but it seemed like it was not the right approach. That should not be our first resort uh, to understand the Rashi by going and looking at the, the Rambam. We know the Rambam and the Rashi had very different ways of looking at things. It's not for us to say who's right. Maybe they're both right. That's not the issue. But if you want to understand Rashi, you should certainly, the first step is to look at Rashi right there where you are studying and to look at other comments by Rashi so that your answer will 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 be hopefully in the spirit of Rashi. So anyway, we have another question that is raised here by the Mizrahi and other Mepharshim. And that is on these words in Rashi. From Yerchanim and Zakai says, Oizen Shishama Besinai Loisignoiv. The ear that heard at Harsinai, thou shalt not steal. Now the Mizrahi points out that the Pasik of Loisignov is begainev nefasha samur, begainev momain. As Rashi himself said in his commentary on the Aseris Adibris, when the Aseris Adibris says, Loisignoiv, Rashi there says, this is referring to kidnapping. This is referring to kidnapping another a person. It is not referring specifically to stealing money. Stealing money is a different Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Loisignoivu in Parshish Kedoshim. But Loisignoiv, which was given directly on Har Sinai, I mean, it was part of the Aseris Adibris, it was part of Maimed Har Sinai, that Pasuk is talking about Goin of Nefashais. So why does Rashi quote that Pasuk? So the, the Mizrahi answers as follows. The Oizen Shashama Besinai, when Rashi talks about this ear that heard at Harsinai, Loisignoiv, that means Bederech Klolos, in a general way. He heard the words Loisignoiv, which in general are forbidding really all forms of stealing. Why? Because included in Loisignoiv, included in the prohibition of not kidnapping a person, included in that is also a warning that one should not steal money. Because kol because the entire Torah is actually included in the Aseris Adibris, in the so-called Ten Commandments. It's really more than Ten Commandments. We'll call it the Ten Utterances. 
Now he quotes here Rabbeinu Sadia Gain, but he could just as well have, he really means Rashi. Rashi near the end of this week's Parsha, Parsha's Mishpatim, uh, comes across, he is explaining the following Pasuk, which according to Rashi, it was said after Matan Torah, after the revelation at Arsinai and the Aseris Adibrais, later the following occurred. Hashem said to Moshe, come up to me to the mountain, and be there. You will be there for 40 days, Rashi says. I will give to you the tablets of stone, and I will give you the Torah and the mitzvah that I wrote to teach them. Now, what is this exactly referring to? I will give you the two tablets. Okay, we know what's on those two tablets. On those two tablets is the Aseris Adibrais. What is being referred to by Vahatorah Vahamitzvah? So Rashi said, and Lahoi Roisam, that I gave, that I wrote, in order to teach them. Says Rashi, Lahoi Roisam, Kol Sheish Meyas Ushlesh Esli Mitzvahs, all 613 mitzvahs, all the mitzvahs of the Torah, they are included in the Aseris Adibrais. Rav Sadia, Rabbeinu Sadia Gaon, Pirsham Azhores. He explained them in his Azharot. There are many of the early, uh, the Gaonim, the early Rishonim, um, particularly among the Sfaradim, they, they wrote what were called Azhores. Azhores were a form of piyut, of liturgical poem, which were recited on Chagashvois, on the anniversary of Matan Torah, and they were lists of all 613 mitzvahs in poetic form. Now, Rabbeinu Sadia, in his Azharot, he established for each of the dib of the Diburim, for each statement in the Asara Sadibrais, he wrote mitzvahs satsluyais bo. He wrote which of the 613 mitzvahs are dependent on it, meaning he understood that the Asara Sadibrais are chapter headings. Under Anoichi Hashem Elokecha, there are so and so, so many mitzvahs, which all have as their chapter heading, I am Hashem, your God. Under Kabedes uh, Avicha, there are so and so, so many mitzvahs, which are sort of subcategories of the grand category of honor your mother and father. And under the category of Leisignov, which specifically refers to a very uh, serious, a very, very uh, terrible form of stealing, kidnapping. But included in that, as a subcategory, is the regular theft of money, of, of, of money, or of, money, of things that are worth money. So we see here that Rashi holds that the Aseris Adibrais included, really includes all of the mitzvahs. And therefore it is appropriate that Rashi should say, Ozen Shashama Besinai, the ear that heard on Har Sinai, Leisignoiv, Halach Vigonav, and that person went and he stole some money, Teratza. So that ear deserves to be pierced. We see here how the all these different facets in Rashi fit together. They all fit together like a puzzle. We have in the first a topic that we discussed about the Ozen Ozen Mimetsoira. 
So we had to know what Rashi says about Tznuch, Osna Hayamonis, what is the meaning of the word Tznuch? And here, in order to answer this question about Oizen Shashama Bisinai, we have to reference the Rashi from the end of the Parsha, where Rashi says that the Aseris Adibrois include all of the mitzvahs. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash Minagain Be More.